Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Rees is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Well, we are down on the eastern beaches uh, of Sydney and you're joining us today for the podcast. If it is your first time, uh, we want to welcome you. If you're coming back, um, we also want to say thanks for that. Just a reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast, go to iTunes, more about officership, or you can like the Facebook page, the Salvation Army Australia candidates, and they'll be up there uh, by the end of each week. Well, our special guests, uh, Matt and Jacqueline Lewis uh, from the Eastern Beaches Salvos. Um, so welcome to both of you. It's uh, good to to be able to sit with you and uh, talk a little bit about what you do. So who, let's Jacqueline, let's go with you first. Tell us a bit about yourself. One of the things we love about the podcast, well, people like to hear is your story, um, a bit about who you are and sort of, uh, you know, some of the background stuff, not all of it because we don't want all the, the goss, we just want the good bits. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, so I'm Jacqueline, I'm married to Matt and we have two kids, Kaylee and Levi, so a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so they keep us very busy and um, we've been leading Eastern Beaches for four years now and uh, so before that I worked uh, in administration at our training college, uh, overseeing some of the vocational training we did and um, yeah, I've grown up in the Salvos, my parents are, are officers and have a long history of Salvationist in my family. Who, who are your parents? My parents are Dean and Vicky Clark. So they're in Brisbane City Temple. Yes. Okay. I went to a conference with your dad. There I you didn't realise that was your dad. Yeah, that's that's my dad. Okay. So. Oh, good. And so you mentioned your kids' names. How old are they, did you say? So Kaylee is three, uh, almost three and a half and yeah. Levi has just turned one. Oh, that's the really easy age. That's good. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I beg to differ. <laughs> I'm looking forward to a night's sleep in some stage. <laughs> I run off coffee most days. Uh, don't we all? Don't we all? But um, yeah, they're lots of fun. Uh, yeah, have had a, a in some respects have um, have really grown up within the church, and this has been my life. I've not known much different to this, but yeah, had a had a wonderful um, experience with the Salvos and growing up, and love that this is what I now do. Mm. Great. What about you, Matt? Tell us yeah. a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm married to Jacqueline. Obviously, and I've also got two kids, <laughs> Kaylee and Levi. A um, bit about myself, though. So, um, almost twenty nine, um, and I've worked for the Sabers ever since I left high school. So, um, in what, what sort uh, of role? Yeah, so came out of came out of school straight into back then the Greater West Division and started on reception, helping out there. Um, but then moved into youth ministry. So spent um, just over eight years in youth ministry in a variety of areas, uh, both divisional. Um, at a core for a long time at Auburn, and so loved being the youth pastor there, um, and then also at THQ as part of the youth team for a while as well before coming here uh, to Eastern Beaches, Maribra. So, um, yeah, so that's a bit bit about me in terms of my past, I guess, ministry experience. Grown up a Salvo, and parents are officers as well um, up in Brisbane. Um, so they all deserted us, <laughs> left us here in Sydney town. But yeah, very blessed to have a great. Great family, right? Who love us, but for me, um, it's probably uh, my parents were actually officers here, and that was quite a formative time for me as a as a young teenager. And I guess in that time, um, really found uh, I guess I found myself um, 
pretty dysfunctional, pretty angry and bitter at the world and at the salvos as well, just because of my, my parents' vocation and what they were doing. And, and um, within that, kind of lived a bit of a double life. But later on in my teens, um, I came to, a, I guess, a, an incredible encounter with God that, that kind of wrecked me forever. And from that day, um, it's just changed me. Um, Tell yeah. us about it. Yeah, sure. So it was, a, it was around two, 2014, two, sorry, not 2014, <laughs> 2004. Um, I became a, yeah. I started running a core and then I got yeah, saved. that's right, last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, so 2004, um, it was a, what we called Love That. It was a part of the Unlimited Conference we had back then in Sydney and Brisbane. Basically just a big youth event like youth councils. And um, I still remember, actually, I, I don't remember what anyone was preaching about or anything like that that morning, but all I remember was God's presence is real. And there was this acceptance and this, um, yeah, this wave of God's goodness that He was for me and that He loved me for who I was, even in my own brokenness and my own double standards and in my own just ruins. And, and He lifted me out of that. And from that moment, really, I began to become passionate about God and the things that He loved, right? Like, and so became passionate about seeing my friends saved at school. Became passionate about being a kind person and not a jerk to everyone, and and um, uh, passionate about justice and 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 who God is. So, yeah. yeah. So we're in Sydney. We're in here for the weekend, which was commissioning, um, and you're both newly commissioned lieutenants. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, you obviously overcame some of the your dysfunction for the army, or what? Did, what was I think you used the yeah, word dysfunction, dissatisfaction yeah. with yeah, bitterness, some of that stuff. And you guys had a really interesting pathway into ministry, mm. which is obviously from reception. What a, <laughs> there's the book from it's reception it's about to three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so you're no good at it, is yes, what saying, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> when you do a job and they find you something else to do yeah. after three weeks, it's yeah. whatever they say. That's actually yeah, yeah. A, a real reason. Real promotion. <laughs> yeah, and Jackie, you work, Jacqueline, you're working at um, the college in reception. Mm. So you both, or ad- administration. Sorry, no. Tell us about your pathway into commissioning. So it's obviously been a number of years. Um, you guys have a really interesting story because you did it differently. Mm. Uh, I don't know who wants to go first, but um, if anyone, whoever goes and you miss some of the story, just jump in and Sorry. fill the bits in. So, I'll go for it. Um, yeah, so, uh, like, as, as we shared, like, I guess both of us have, have had different ministry experience, um, local core, um, Spending time there as a youth pastor for myself, um, Jacqueline in different areas of ministry in a volunteer capacity. Um, I spent a year up in North Queensland as a DYS and then um, on a territorial youth team. So I guess um, really I was doing ministry that an officer could do, right? Um, and, and I guess traditionally have in some areas as well. Um, so for me, like it was a bit of a, like for a while I wrestled with it. So, you know, I just wrestled with the idea of why officership? Why can't I just do this as an employer? Why can't I just keep plugging away at this? But but I, but I really felt God calling um, for more of me and to, to surrender more of myself. And so the whole process, I, I guess, of um, becoming a non-residential cadet uh, was quite interesting. So the Salvos asked us to come here to um, Eastern Beaches, to Maroubra, um, at the start of 2013. And that was kind of a year-long process. So we began here in 2014, but for the whole year, kind of um, journeyed with us and 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 um, allowed us to do a, a community needs analysis on the eastern beaches of Sydney. Um, realistically, this is a core that really wasn't healthy. It was at the point of uh, being shut down a few times, 
And so I think um, really Salvo's, uh, maybe Salvo leadership thought, let's just give this a, give it a crack. What have we got to lose, really? <laughs> let's give some youngsters a go at this. So yeah. is that literally what happened? Yeah, you, you're basically. Like if you can't. Do something. Yeah, yeah. And so things are, yeah, so yeah, and they and they communicate that, that even financially if it didn't work, we'll kind of move you on or... Yeah. But let's give this a go. And, and, and So were you, you employed, employed to do that yeah. or were you... That yeah. wasn't the beginning of your connecting no. appointment stuff, was it? Yeah, so it was pre that. So for two years we were here as employees leading the core. Um, same responsibility but just kind of different title, right? Yeah. Um, uh, love that. Um, it had its complications, like honestly on a personal level, financially that was probably even harder um, just because of the area in which we minister in. So that was challenging. Um, a whole, whole few other, like, yeah, a whole range of other things around that. So who, who took that risk? Who was the person that took the risk? It's probably a couple of people, mm. I'd say. So commissioners James and Jan Condon okay. um, who were the territorial leaders at that time. Love them, hey, and and for me, like he's been a mentor um, mine for quite some time, and before that as well. Um, but just saw potential and saw that actually the Southeast and Eastern Beaches just wasn't healthy. This is the last expression for the whole area, so let's give this a go. But also our divisional leaders at that mm. time too, um, Peter and Jan Laws, and they're now retired. But um, yeah, amazing, godly people. Great pastors' hearts, hey, and probably actually those first two years we couldn't have done it without them. Um, yeah, what do you what do you reckon, Joe? Yeah, I think they they're probably the reason why we're here in the um, in the journey to getting here. They were probably the reason why we we stuck at it and waited to see what what could happen and didn't just give up on the process to get here. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Especially the officership side of things too. I think. Yeah. So, Jacqueline, for you, was that the same? Because you, you, like you said, Matt, you can, you could do this role as a non-officer. Yeah, sure. You, you can still be a spiritual leader. You don't have to be an officer to be a spiritual mm. leader. Shocking, I know. <laughs> um, but I, I guess the, the flip side of that is that people say, well, I don't need to do that because, you know, I don't need to be an officer to do that. Yeah. But um, at some point you say, actually, for us to do this next part, we, we, we do want yeah. to become officers. Jacqueline, do you want to tell us how that happened? Yeah, I guess um, for Matt and I, our journey to officership is different. Um, even to getting to um, Maroubra as it was a couple of years ago was very different. I um, was probably more reluctant than Matt to come here. Uh, I was studying to be a teacher and had my had, had since I was a very young um, girl had my heart set on being a teacher and um, I had my life worked out and that that's very much my oh, personality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Matt came along and kind of threw that on its head and in a good way. Um, <laughs> not, not, not in a bullying kind of no, way. No, 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 in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> um, but he, and and I always I always knew that I was, um, God had called me to ministry. And um, But for me, I, I really felt that that was in a different capacity. That was actually through um, secular employment and, and he would use me in that, that space. But in discussions with Matt, we... We both knew that we were um, we were called to do ministry, and um, when we had conversations about coming to Maroubra, and it was very much in even our conversations, it was just Matt could just go or I could just go, and but then when we were both here, we um, we wrestled with whether we just stay as employees or whether we um, go towards officership, and um, I think for us both we. 
Um, in in some sense, we can do the, do the job as employees, but also in the other sense, we want to do it as officers as well. We we recognise the significance, and not that it's uh, officership is better than than the other, but actually, yeah. there's a, a different significance to officership, and it, also our commitment to the to the Salvation Army. We wanted that to be recognised, um, and I think it was a it was a hard process to get to. To becoming non-residential cadets, it was a long, long process, and there were some moments where we wondered whether it was actually worth it. Um, but okay. I think in the end, we we probably w- wouldn't change it, or I w- I wouldn't. I think there'd be moments where I would have preferred it to be easier. Yeah. But um, no, I wouldn't wouldn't have changed it. We're we're grateful. Um, the the training principal at the time was um, Colonel Julie Campbell, so she she worked alongside us and she helped us. Um, enter into the college and made those those first couple of months um, for us as made, made us feel like we were part of the college. We weren't yeah. our own separate thing out out here by ourselves. So, so how long were you cadetting appointments for? Like how long did that process take for you? Was it two years two or years. was it longer? Yeah, so yeah. we had two years. So we started here in 2014 and had two years as employees and then started 2016 as okay. um, cadet in appointment. Yeah, great. Yeah. Missed any bits? Yeah, I was, um, I was just thinking about the whole process. I think it was pretty a unique um, situation too to be non-residential cadets when we're like 15 minutes from the training <laughs> college too, right? Like how does that work? But And I guess like for this um, territory, you know, speaking then Australian East, this was kind of new ground, yeah? And um, I, I know that there was a cohort in Brisbane, so that was kind of a year on track mm. by then roughly. But then I guess the, the the wrestle was how does this kind of work when you're living in Sydney? Um, we can't, in one sense, be treated like residential cadets because we've still got the expectations to run a core. And so there was that was a challenge at times. Yeah, it was a bit of a wrestle in terms of how do we balance both and do both well. Um, but I think looking back, we're, we're we're super thankful for gracious leaders who made allowances for that in terms of the, the training college and our division as well in terms of supporting from those both areas. Um, yeah, but it was just, it's new ground. So it was just unknown. Like the whole journey was unknown. Yeah. But I loved it as well. Like it, I wouldn't change it either. Yeah, we, we particularly in the candidates sort of area, people look exploring, thinking about moving from like WA or Queensland to Melbourne. It's a huge yeah. sort of thing. And um, you guys are 15 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, which I think it probably speaks to more the missional stuff as well that's happening yeah. here. You want yeah. to be involved here. Yeah. Plus do the other stuff, which is, you know, an important part of, of training and formation. And then uh, I really I, I picked up on what you said about um, like it being recognised. I think I think that's a, a really important thing. Not that you do it for recognition, yeah. but yeah. It, it does say to a, a commitment level that it's, it's off the charts. And I think every officer falls yeah. in that category. Once you sort of sign your name, you're, yeah, um, you're up for it. And yeah, which is really good. What is it like here, Eastern Beaches, at the core? Like, I mean, you've four mm. years. You would have seen an enormous amount of change. I went into the the chapel before. It looks pretty sweet. Like it's <laughs> it's a nice little. Um, environment, um, you do lots of meals and stuff. Tell us about the place um, that is Eastern Beaches. Where do we start? So it's crazy and wonderful. Yeah. It's a, it's really, it's a unique community and mm. I guess I guess every com- community around Australia is, right, in the world, but we're, we're in this unique um, community where you've got 
those who are extremely wealthy, like you've got the Prime Minister living up one end of the eastern suburbs to the other end where there's just um, uh, street after street of government social housing. And so within that, um, those unit blocks kind of all ghettoed together, there's there's just some incredible generational dysfunction, brokenness, there's, you know, there's domestic violence, there's... There's um, drugs sold and used. It's um, it's just dark. Mental health. Yeah, yeah, mental health is huge. So, and and it's known for that here in the eastern suburbs as well. Um, so it's just a, a dark space. And so, I guess for us, we recognise within our first week or so here. So we soldiered at the core as well before coming as core leaders. So, 18 months before coming here as core leaders, we felt God calling us to the eastern suburbs of Sydney. And so we felt that that was let's just go serve under the leadership and just love people. And so we did that for just over a year. Um, so coming into that, even as, as employees, that was kind of a natural transition as such. But we really recognised that, you know, we had people coming in this place every day for welfare and there was kind of not a whole lot of relationship. It's going to get your voucher go, that was it. And so, so let's capture that, hey, like we don't even need to leave our building to get people. This is crazy. Like we've got God sending us people every day and we're just missing these opportunities. Um, so before we could even look out to our community, there's people just flooding in here. So let's just love them radically and build space where we can create healthy community and pathways for discipleship as well. So that was kind of a bit of that early stage. So Jacqueline, how does that happen? So what that looks like uh, at the moment now, so we do a few commu- uh, free community meals so people can come. We've got a breakfast, a lunch and a dinner and they, they come, they share in a meal together. We have um, volunteers and team who sit and just chat with people who connect with them, um, don't don't do anything but simply love people. Um, we have a community space which is open, which always is a barrel of laughs. You never know what's going to happen during that that space. Um, we do uh, lot of different things. We do, got, have life groups. We've got um, a program called Life Skills, which is just equipping people for life. So we do budgeting, we do decluttering, we do um, cooking on a budget, lots of different things, just of how, how can we help people become more sustainable? How can we help um, equip people to live life well? And um, yeah, we do chapel each week, which is always, which is great. Which we, uh, probably the highlight of my week is, is chapel. Which so is, how many chapels do you do a week? So we do one a week. Every Thursday night we have chapel. Do you meet on Sunday? Or no. You just so, do Thursday? so we've recently just changed to uh, a Thursday night chapel service. So we it was a long long transition time. So probably from the the outset when Matt and I were here, we had wrestled with this idea of um, of a service on a Sunday, just because we for so many of our community um, church on a Sunday was just a foreign concept. It wasn't um, they they might have com- the other commitments, they might have family, they might have children, whatever it is. You mean there's the, other things to do at ten o'clock on a Sunday morning? There is other things to do on yep. a Sunday morning. Right. I know it, it is a big <laughs> shocker, um, but it, especially in our area, there's there's nippers, there's all yeah. this stuff that happens. There's sport, netball, everything ha- like on the weekend, and um, so we we wrestled and we journeyed with that, and it was wasn't until earlier this year we sat with it and one of our our wonderful volunteers actually said to us, you know, 
why do we keep doing church on a Sunday? Why don't we do it throughout the week when everything <laughs> the else happens? The person we're almost worried about. The right? person we had yeah. had had this wrestle about, like, what? Are, how are they going to respond if we we broke, like, if we bring this up with them? And they approached us yeah. and said, you know what? Why why do we keep doing this? Let's change and let's take let's take you know what? Let's move things so people are there and they're going to encounter the gospel um, where they're at. And so yeah, we we began the process to moving to a, a Thursday night, and yeah, it's been great. There's a, a totally different feel in the place. There's um, new people pretty much each week that are coming. We've seen people recommit, people commit to, to following Christ. We've seen um, great dance parties happening, just just a real um, spirit uh, of just joy in the place now, which is so exciting. That's yeah, good. That's messy, yeah. hey? Yeah. And you know what? It's messy. We've got kids running around everywhere. It's we yeah we have popcorn throwing everywhere but it's fun and yeah so so what the kingdom of god is like full of joy full of um family doing life together there wouldn't be too many core salvos that don't have a sunday service mm. now i know we've we've actually talked a little bit about this on the other side of the, the river in melbourne around mm. some of the communities of hope stuff that happens yeah. in the, is that part of that is this just sort of a re yeah. Uh, a redesigning of how we do church and community and how we build faith sort of communities. Is that part yeah. of that? Yeah, I think like adding on to what Jacqueline said with that whole journey, it was it's really a repositioning, right? Like I just think for us Sundays, our people weren't growing. <laughs> like, and honestly, not not to be about us either, but really some Sundays it just felt like you're flogging a dead horse. Like, what are we doing here? Like, people aren't growing in their faith. They're not. Um, not engaging, like uh, for a lot of our guys as well in terms of their, their illnesses and, and where they are in their mind, like mornings are just hard to operate in, you know, like in terms of getting up out of bed when you're just in a state of absolute depression, like that's hard. Um, and so why are we doing something on a day and on a time that just doesn't make sense when we've got people here every other day of the week who are growing, who are engaging in our mission, um, let's just made sense to reposition ourselves into a time, a day, a space that that connected with our community. So our, our heart is that it will continue to be like a big family reunion every Thursday mm-hmm. night. Um, so we're heading into a space of outreach now and planting new communities of hope um, through all of our social housing communities, uh, planting church in all of our housing communities, very simple hybrid church. Um, but within that, we'll come together on a Thursday night as a family reunion to celebrate all that God's doing within all of our communities and then to be filled up and sent back out to the mission yeah, field again. I love yeah, it. So. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. And I it's think fun. sometimes it's just hard. Yeah. I know I know, church has been set aside Sunday morning and yeah. I, yeah. I get that too. Yeah. I understand the significance or the, the heritage in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's not always, it's not the best uh, yeah. Impact. So good yeah. on you for having the courage. Yeah, we still wrestle with that, hey. Like yeah. personally for us, it's still a journey, hey. Like what do we do Sunday Do, do, do other officers look at you sideways when they yeah, see sure. you? <laughs> what oh. do you do Sunday? We always get that question. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so, oh, god, yeah, Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, I just got so much to do tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's go yeah. for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Now, in earlier podcasts, we've we've um, discussed. Uh, about being a mum and dad in ministry. Mm. So I don't know if you've heard them and if you haven't, yeah. just pretend you have. I have. I've listened okay. to it. But can I ask you what it's like being a mum in ministry from your perspective? So you, you've just done the college stuff, <laughs> yeah. the um, cadet and appointment stuff, 
running a core, starting new things, all that sort of stuff. What's it like being a mum in ministry? Um, oh, look, it's probably really hard to, to sum it up. Um, Matt and I probably don't do things the easy way. So we, Kaylee was born um, halfway through our first year at Maroubra. So six months into it, we had Kaylee, um, who was just... Uh, a absolute joy in this place and for for us and also for the team she she brought great joy yep. but it also was a curveball of learning how to do ministry in a messy place with a, a young baby and then um, we had Levi a year ago kind of halfway throughout cadet in appointment um, so we've, we've liked to add things on just to make it more difficult um, which is just about why don't you buy yourself three puppies as well? Yeah, I'm like, we should have just got a dog. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it at all because they have ministry with children is is hard but easy because at the end of the day I go home and yes. I have two kids there that regardless of what kind of day I have love me completely and are an absolute joy and yeah. bring bring me completely back to earth, whether I've had a great day or whether I've had an awful day, they have the ability to just shift my focus and actually, you know what, there is good and there is there is a God because my children have the ability to make me roll around on the floor and laugh. Yeah. Like, And they just, in even in being themselves, their creation is just a wonderful reminder that God is good. Yeah. Um, and you know what, it is such a juggling act of how you do ministry and, and motherhood, how you arrange pick-up and drop-offs with daycare and appointments and everything like that. But I think they they are probably my greatest, they themselves are my greatest ministry. I was very um, blessed to grow up and I'm very thankful with parents who who always were intentional about putting um, my myself and my, my brother and sister in in the position where they would do whatever they could to be there for us. And I never felt like I was um, pushed aside because of their their roles or um, I was forgotten or neglected because of yeah. what church was. And um, they, I remember my my dad was the one that was at my, my sports carnivals when other parents weren't. Like they always made the intentional effort to be wherever they could be and to connect with us. And I have wonderful memories of growing up and church was fun. Like I loved going to church. Our three-year-old... Loves to come to church. Like she doesn't want to go to preschool because she wants to come to church. It's a struggle to get her to go because she says, "No, I'm going to church today." Um, no, you're not. Yes, yeah, like, and it's, it's how do you tell a three year old she can't okay. go to church? Why don't you go um, to church with daddy today? Yes, yes, and it's it's just you know they they bring such joy into this place and they have a way of ministering that I couldn't even do. They have no bias. They, they don't, and you know what? We we have people here who are. Smelly, who are dirty, who are just a, a dysfunctional, who are, yeah. yeah, who don't have connection with their children or their grandchildren. And Kaylee and Levi have a way of, you know, smiling at them because they just that's what they do, and they just break down walls like I couldn't even imagine. And they know them probably. They do, and Over they time. they are loved like they presents every week. <laughs> they get they get given things. If we go away on holidays, people ask about our children more than they yeah. ask about Matt and I. Like they just. They connect in a way that is just so powerful and show joy to, to people who really wouldn't see it anywhere else. That's good. What about you, Matt, as a dad in ministry? I, th- I was going to say on from that as well, like it's, uh, I think that's uh, just evident of God at work because I think around kids, ministry here where we are in the Eastern Beach, there's like, there's a fear, I think, um, just in terms of how do we do this, but also 
the kids' safety and, and um, how do they belong to a church where, you know, there hasn't been kids their age, um, but also, yeah, just fear around um, how people interact with our kids as well. Um, so that's probably some of our biggest fears. And um, I think God's just kind of overcame those in, in terms of like we just trust our people a lot more in terms of how they interact with our kids, but also have good boundaries around that too. So, uh, for example, in our community, when the kids are around, we won't ever um, lose eyesight of our kids. So we always make sure one of us are, are keeping that, um, uh, keeping our eyes on that. Or we, there's a couple other key people we give that responsibility to here. Our chapel service at the moment is quite hard in terms of how do we do that with our kids. Um, being at night, there's a whole lot of other safety uh, issues around that. But um, and my sister fortunately fortunately lives up the road, so she comes in and, and helps out with the kids. Um, but yeah, we, we love it, hey? Like I think, as Jacqueline kind of touched on before, uh, I remember when Kaylee came along six months into the journey here and we're probably hitting a time where it was getting really hard. Like um, we just had a whole lot of decisions that had to be made and financially it was a bit of a struggle here and um, yeah, we just felt challenged on every level. Kaylee came into the world and I'm thinking, how the heck am I going to do this? Jacqueline was going to leave for a bit, so I was here and um it was probably the greatest delight was going home every day, knowing, you know, some days had the darkest days, but going home and there's just this bundle of joy who I just get to love on and is going to love me. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. So we're intentional about that. So our, our, day, our weekly rhythm um, is, you know, like Jacqueline and I both around the centre Mondays and Tuesdays, Wednesdays, my day, I, I, um, just recently I don't... Uh, come into the office, um, the centre at all. So that's my day I'll work from home and um, uh, it's probably the most productive day in terms of catching up and a whole lot of planning things but I get to also spend that day with Levi so when he's awake we go do things together and then when he's asleep we um, catch up on work. But And then Thursdays our whole team don't start until midday anyway so we get the morning with, with our daughter while Levi's at care and, and then Friday Jacqueline does the opposite so she does Friday with the kids. Just realizing we can't have our kids in this center all the time because it's just not safe and it's unpredictable. Yeah. And yeah, so we're just trying to do the best we can with what we have. Yeah. And it works for you guys. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, the, that's the key part. Mm. Yeah. I was just thinking then when you said about, you know, the, the kids and this and got to go to that. And I think every parent, well, particularly mm. mothers, I know that sounds a bit. Whatever, but yeah. could apply for a logistics manager job at any <laughs> any right. organisation. Oh, right. If you're the new Amazon, you know, like yeah. coming to Australia, if that's not run by a mother, I'll tell yeah. you what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I remember Claire when she, you know, she went away for a week to do some stuff, and she just made me this list of all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh yeah, make a list, you know, because you're not <laughs> yeah. going to be here and rah rah. But it, it, it turns out it's actually yeah. just what needs to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. but then, but you, what you raise, Matt, is really interesting around being a missional community with your own kids. Yeah. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah. And you have to yeah. be very, very mindful of that. Yeah. I and think, yeah. Sorry. No, no, I was just, I was just going to say that, it, but it, it doesn't stop you. Mm. Yeah. And you just find ways. That's yeah. the, the good part about it. And I think that I would never want my children to grow up thinking that the world is a perfect place, yeah, that true. there's not brokenness, that there's not hurting people. Yeah. Like I think that's that's the truth of the world, that there are people who are in need. There are people who, who are hurt, hurting and um, actually as, as followers of Christ, we want to we wanna show the love of God. And so whether that's a, when you're three or whether that's when you're 
83, like actually as followers of Christ, it's our job to be be the light of the world, to show to show someone love and grace and kindness um, when they need it most. When, when you were going through college and, you know, balancing all that stuff, just wanted to ask you about um, like scripture, about stuff that has sustained you because I know that guys listening to this, some are thinking about college, are yeah. in college, are in early days of ministry or have been in ministry for a long time. Yeah. What, what sustains you? What is it that helps you, you know, because there are some days when you wake up and think, you, I'll tell you what, if the roof falls in, it would be an answer to prayer. <laughs> yes. But then there are other days where you think, God, just yeah. I, I need you more today yeah. than ever before. What, what do you do? What, have you got some sort of practices or rhythms that you yeah. could share with us that people might be able to adopt if it's yeah. helpful for them? Um, yeah, so I've got a few. Um, I think um, one, it's probably one that most have heard of is the whole soap journaling. So, um, and realistically, mornings doesn't work. Just with kids, it's mayhem in the morning trying to get out the door. But um, we try and, like, for me, that's at night time. So um, I try to be consistent, as consistent as I can with that. Not just for, um, you know, just being religious with it or anything, but... A ritual, but it's actually I need that, f- like a hunger for it when I don't have yep. it. So I got that, but it's a few little practices. So, for example, when I drive into the center in the morning, um, especially when like some some mornings you drive in, there's people hanging around the driveway ready to like pounce on your car. <laughs> so sometimes they're open it right. It's like come down a sec. So I always just take a moment, take a breath, and and just pray. Like just even if it's ten seconds, but just maybe it's as simple as God, I need you more today. Give me strength to get through everything I need to, and may I just be an example of you in in every way, right? Whether it's through a smile, whether it's through calling someone by name, or um, just as simple as that. But it just kind of refocuses and realigns what I'm here for, and that I need God to get through this. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, as well, winding down in terms of so when I drive home, it's a processing what are the things that were really hard today, and just kind of let those go. And I might write them down sometimes in my phone or whatever, but. Um, what are those things that were really hard? What are the good things that happened today? And just praise God for those. And just what are the things I need to leave with you, God, overnight? Because I don't want to take that into the house. Um, I don't always get that right, hey. And I think that's probably even as a parent, a husband in ministry, that's sometimes hard. Like not letting, you know, just rubbish stuff bother you. Like um, when you walk in your house. Um, and I don't want that to really impact on our kids and Jacqueline um, as in our marriage. But... Yeah, just leaving those things with God and saying, all right, I'll pick that up in the morning or if you look after it, sweet. That's even better. But, um, Do it this yeah. by 8 a.m. tomorrow. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So um, that's a couple of little practices. Obviously mentors, people speaking into my life, coffees with guys that are on a similar journey, that's always great and that's rich for, for my soul. Mm. What about you, Jacqueline? I think probably for me... Um, Having some spiritual disciplines in place, so um, the the like I, I find it really helpful to journal and to to record what's going on, and just even as a way of getting it out of my head and and down down on paper. Um, I found I I started to do prayer walking, so just as um, we I would often drop or pick um, one of our kids up, and so it was just on the walk after work, just of okay, similar to Matt in the car home. What do I need to get out, and what do I no longer want to carry? And um, or God, you know what? I really need help today because I know when I get to the office, this is going to be happening, and I don't know how to respond or I don't know what to do. And so just being really intentional, um, whether that's in either 
the 10 minutes in the car, actually stopping and pausing for a moment to make sure that I'm aware that God goes with me and he's actually, he's already at work. And so simply saying that, actually, you know what, God, I know you're going to go before me and you're going to help me in this situation. Um, I find that really, really helpful. Um, I guess even just being very intentional about guarding myself and making sure I'm aware of where um, people often talk about like your your tank, like where where mm. my tank sits. And probably um, for me, I, I'm more of an introvert and so I'm quite quite guarded. And so I, some days I'll go home from this place and just be so absolutely drained. And so on those days, it might be that I go 15 minutes early and I'll go via the beach just because, and I'll sit and watch the waves and just be, okay, God, I just need to sit in your presence. And so it might be just putting on some worship music and just stopping and pausing and just, uh, it might be sitting in silence, having that moment of um, just solace, just going, okay, God, that was really tough or I'm really drained and um, have, creating that space and looking after myself because I can only give out of what I have and um, making sure that actually I'm first and foremost getting my source of nourishment from from God, but then I'm not giving out so much that I've got nothing left to give um, my family, my husband, my friends um, and, yeah. Mm. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's good. I mean, it's really helpful. And everyone finds their own way. Yeah. And that's, that's what we want to sort of encourage people exploring ministry as well, not just in ministry but in the lead-up to yeah. find disciplines that help you um, discover who you are, what God has designed for your life yeah. and um, setting some space for that. Well, is there anything that we haven't covered that we should have covered? I no, I think, think so. I said <laughs> Come over to Maribra. Yeah. Go Maribra. Go to, that's right. not, not Sundays, Thursday yeah. night. That's Same, right. Come on Sunday. At the bra. At the bra. Okay. Well, thanks very much, guys, for uh, it's um, Kaylee and Levi, Levi um, yeah. Matt and Jacqueline. For, um, we continue to pray yeah. for the ministry here at Eastern Beaches and for the community and, and all the dysfunction. Yeah. Um, that God reveals himself yeah. through all that. So yeah. thanks very much. Thank if you've got you. any questions or comments, um, you can leave them on the Facebook page and um, I'll send them to Matt and Jacqueline uh, if they can be bothered answering them. <laughs> um, and again, just a reminder to subscribe to the iTunes account. It's more uh, about officership and you'll see um, the library of all the previous episodes we've done. So have a good week and we'll catch up next week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for more about officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?